0: Hi there listeners, Uh, it's myself Rudolf Skippers here with my partner uh, Mick Clark again and we're doing a little fishy tale talk again and Mick, what's up in today's chat?
1: Hey hi Rudolf, it's great to be back again and uh, talking about our uh, fishing stories again. I think today Rudolf we're going to talk about some of our favourite things, um, uh, some of the favourite things we do when we're fishing and uh, I've got some good stories for this episode and I'm sure you have Rudolf. So, um, But before we do that, shall we just have a quick update on the um, COVID situation in Mozambique? Have you had any news? I've had a little
0: bit. Yes, it's, it's still very confusing. Obviously, all of us want to cross the border and we want to get into Mozambique to go do our, our fishing and business. Um, up to date, um, basically what I've heard is that you, you can enter the, the border from South Africa, uh, cross the border from South Africa with a test not older than 72 hours. But the problem still is coming back from Mozambique into South Africa. So I don't know what you've heard, Mick. Um, what's the situation regarding that? Yeah,
1: Rudolf, I've heard the same thing. But I think if we stick to facts at the moment, only this morning a friend of mine actually came back from Mozambique. Uh, he was in southern Mozambique, which Pontadoura. And he had to go into Maputo and get the test. test went smoothly. Uh, it was 6,000 Meticas. You spend a lot of time there, Rudolph. how much is that? It's about 1,500 $1, Rand. 1,500 South African dollars. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he handed his money over and then guaranteed within 24 hours he can go back and pick the results of his test and he can be on his merry way back to South Africa. So it went smoothly, to be honest. So apart, and apart from parting with 1,500 South African Rand, it was straightforward.
0: And did, uh, did he get his results on time, Mick? Um, was there a time limit to those results, uh, 24 hours? Um, did it, um, because my biggest concern is driving two hours to Maputo getting the test done, going back the next day 24 hours late and they tell me, uh, sorry, sir, you've got to wait another 24 hours. Um, what, did, what was his uh, reply on that? Did he actually get them the results on time? yeah
1: that's that's a good question rudolph it would concern me as well so what's actually happened is it literally now now is on the way back to get those tests so um being issued by other people who've already done it that them tests uh there's no delay with them they don't it's as simple as that you've handed your cash over you're going to get your result um so yeah like i said it's stri-
0: it's straightforward apparently oh that's good news so uh, at least we we're getting to a certain point now where we can start planning our trips and if all goes well, hopefully, within the next month, they'll actually tell us, do not worry about that test anymore. That's what I hope, um, because it is a bit of a pain to get it done, but also very important to to curb the virus.
1: Yeah, 100%, Rudolph, And let's get this clear. It's not just South Africa and Mozambique who are having these problems. There's issues all around the world. I've got people um, booked to stay with me, and uh, we're on our third episode of them trying to get from Austria <laughs> to South Africa. And uh, these are guys who generally, and I I think at this time, book first-class tickets, and they literally stood in the airport with the suitcases to be turned around to say, sorry, you've got your your approval from South Africa, you've got your approval from uh, the Austrian government, but we as Lufthansa won't accept all your paperwork and literally kicked them out of the airport. So it's not just us, um, you know, it's challenging at the moment, but... I'm Sure, we'll get through it and we'll get fishing again eventually, Mick.
0: Eventually, yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, let's get on to our show this week, Rudolph. So, um, uh, when I said uh, we're going to talk about favorites, um, what's your favorite method of fishing, Rudolph? What really do you enjoy doing? I know you like beach fishing, but which method
0: do you like? Yes, Mick. Um, let's start with my favorite method of fishing. Well, that's a, it's a twofold answer i'm going to give you because I've, I've got obviously got lots of favorite methods but if i have to think of the two most favorite methods i'd say <laughs> is uh, bait fishing casting a bait um, and targeting a specific species and then also love fishing artificial um, and then i'm going to split that further up and say bait fishing within south african waters and artificial fishing within mozambican waters so that sort of also gives you gives away my best destinations. You like uh, fishing, don't okay. you, <laughs> I think I like fishing. <laughs> so that's sort of, in very short, my two favorite methods is casting a bait for a specific species and then also casting an artificial lure for a specific species. And as I said, Mozambique, artificial, and South African waters, casting baits. So I can talk about this for hours. I'm going to try and keep it short. But I think before I carry on, maybe I should ask you, what's your favorite method of fishing? I, I
1: think I, I'd have a similar answer, Rudolph. <laughs> isn't it? It depends on the day. That's my favorite. But, um, yeah, I think, I think I agree. I've got a favorite method in Mozambique, and I, I've got a favorite method here. And I would say in South Africa, it's fishing with live bait. I mean, it might seem like it's a boring thing, but it's what happens after you fish with live bait, isn't it? That's the best part of it. Great, yes. you, you normally hook something good. But I think my top, top favorite method would have to be Either uh, bucktails or drop shot or jigging. I'll call it, it's all the same thing. You drop that and you work that artificial bait and I think it's just the fact when you get a bite, you're connected to that fish straight away. It doesn't run a hundred meters like with a lure or something. You are connected from the minute. If you're not totally, totally focused, you're gonna get dragged overboard. <laughs> um you know, I just love the way you start off with a, a medium-tight and By the end of the day, that thing is so tight, you can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, definitely. That art- if working an artificial
0: lure, that's my favorite. Yes, Mick. Um, there's something about working a lure. Um, it is the effort you put into it, because I don't know if people that don't fish won't realize how much work it takes to actually catch a fish in an artificial lure. We might spend five, six, seven hours out there and get one bite for the day. And that is a bite that you've been working towards. Um, And then when you get that bite, um, generally the feeling I love on a lure is when you're working that lure and you actually think you're stuck on a rock. (laughs) And then you realize, oh goodness, this is a fish. And that thing turns around and starts peeling offline. Um, There's the the adrenaline rush, um, all that hard work you've been putting in working your lure in the right way. And everything going through your mind at that split second when you hook at fish is just unbelievable. And that whole adrenaline rush about hooking that fish on the artificial lure is what I love about it.
1: Yeah, and sometimes when you actually tie your own lure or you contribute something, you know, um, change it with just a felt tip, uh, a sharpie pen or something, you change the color and you get a bite straight away. You just, you can have so much more impact on what you do on the artificial lure, you know,
0: tie a booktail or something like that can't beat it. It's a sense of achievement, Mick. Um, and as it's going back to changing the lure, um, I find often I'll work a lure for 30 or 40 casts with no result. And I thought to myself, should I maybe just twitch it a bit? Uh, instead of just working it up and down with my arm, give it a little bit of a wrist twitch. And the first time you do that, you, you get a bite near, and, and you hook this big fish and you realize, oh, that was me. It wasn't the lure. I actually created that bite so that sense of satisfaction after so many costs and so much hard work that w- you figured this one out, and this fish is yours. So it's very exciting. I really enjoy that.
1: Yeah, I suppose no two days are the same, are they? You work out the method, you think you're the best angler on the planet, <laughs> you go again, it doesn't work. You've no, got to do something different. That's always. the whole fun of it, yeah. So what about your favorite destination then? Where's your uh, favorite destination to fish?
0: All right, so, so once again, I'm going to split it up in two, South Africa and Mozambique. Thanks, Mr. Politician. Uh, yes. <laughs> Without stepping <laughs> on any toes. Nick, um, in South Africa, my, my favorite destination is Zulan coastline. Um, I love the coastline. It's, it's a coastline where we get the huge summer species. Um, I like that hot summer weather there. That the, the, the uh, Just your summer days are beautiful. So my South African destination is definitely Zulan coastline. And then... Obviously, my Mozambican coastline would be where my lodge is at Baboon Point Lodge, up near Villonkoulos. We've got a little piece of heaven there. Um, we've got 30, 40 kilometers of beach. and Nobody fishes but us. So it is one of the nicest places in the world for me to go. Um, so, yes, those are my two favorite destinations currently to fish. So... I'm going to ask you which ones yours are, and let me guess, it's going to be Aliwal Shoal. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? On oh, my doorstep.
1: Yeah, I, I think sometimes we neglect our doorstep, don't we? And the answer is Aliwal Shoal on my doorstep. Not yes. even Aliwal Shoal. anywhere in front of my own house. Yes, yes. I've had spectacular days on my doorstep. Um, but And I think the... the answer to expand on that is you must explore. Don't just go to one place. Everybody comes down here, Aliwell Shoal. There's so many small reefs around the area. Just, I think if you put your mind to it and you concentrate, you will find fish, bottom line. Um, But everybody's favorite destination, of course, is Mozambique. I'm no exception. Once you go there, you're hooked on that place, you want to go back and you want to go back. And everybody thinks... They've got their own little secret place in <laughs> Mozambique. I hope nobody finds out about this place. Bottom line is, wherever you go, it's great fishing. Yes. But I have to tell you, Rudolph, if I spend... It's not cheap to go to Mozambique. You're going to spend a lot of money. Where you go, Rudolph, you're going to spend a lot of time getting there. It's a long way to go. Um, it's frustrating to get there sometimes. But at the end of the day, when you get there, the one thing you want to do is fish. You haven't gone there to sit and look at the stars and, you know, Great. can I see? you haven't gone there to drink? Um, and definitely not me. I don't okay. know, you. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the, okay, when the weather's bad, we go there to drink. But um, so when we go to Mozambique, one thing we do is put the effort in. You want to get up at the crack of dawn. You want to come back as late as possible. And sometimes if you put that effort in on your own doorstep, the rewards are just as good. But we don't do it, we go for an hour sometimes (laughs) Hey, fishing's not good today, let's go (laughs) home Yes, you're Um, correct there, Mick Yeah, I think that's my favourite anyway Alivelle Shoal on my doorstep in Mozambique, definitely And Mick, and then if we can go further What would your favourite species be um, to target? That's the million dollar question (laughs) I think my favourite species is The next wave of whatever fish are coming through That's my favourite species So when the Dorado come, they're my favourite when I'm drop shotting and bucktail, yellow spot kingfish. I'm throwing a popper, GTs are my favorite. Yeah, that's a difficult one. I would say any of those kingfish species, what you catch on a bucktail or a
0: squid jig or something, those things, stretch you properly. They're my
1: favorites, yeah.
0: And if I can expand your question, and if you, if you fish with your live bait um, on your ski or your jet ski, what would that be? What species would you target then? What would your favourite species be then? Yeah, I
1: think then Rudolph would have... I—we're hey, going down that route. You were going on two favourites. <laughs> <laughs> the small live bit <laughs> would be dorado. To see those things in the summer, you know, you—you you, you, sometimes you don't wait that long, but um, you know, you're waiting for considerable periods sometimes, and that reel goes and that yellow golden popcorn bream <laughs> yeah. jumps out of the water. Oh, it's stunning, stunning. And, you know, first thing in the morning, you see that thing jump. It's amazing. Um, But I suppose for thrills and spills, if you put a live bonnie out and a big wow grabs that bonnie, then that has to be one of the most exhilarating experiences you'll ever have, isn't it? 500 (laughs) 500 metres ripped off your spool in seconds, that's a great thing. So I I think, yeah, wow would have to top the list. Yeah, I think what about
0: you then? What's your favourite species? Well, let's talk about wahoo first. Um, when I'm out at sea, that's definitely my favourite species, mm. and just for that same reason, when that wahoo picks a bait up and it turns around and he swims away at that speed, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's something you have to experience. You can't explain it to people. Yeah. So wahoo is is one of those species. But let's go back to what I do, what my sport is, and um, I would say the species which I'm going to talk in Zululand. Which is the, the, the sand shark with a giant guitar fish is definitely my favorite species. Um, and the reason for that is, is also comes back to, to strength. That is most probably pound to pound one of the strongest fish in the ocean. And us as sport, sports anglers that, that catch fish purely just to measure it and then release it enjoy catching those fish because that guy, we can target them and they can go up to 100 kilograms. Um, and then you're talking about a fight of two to three hours. So that, from the Zulian perspective, that, that giant kitafish or sand shark is my favorite species. And um, talking about that, it brings me back to a story, um, or I'll actually say one of the best days of my life uh, fishing for them. And you know, when it goes to fishing, you always think back of that one day when everything just worked out for you and uh, oh, yeah. you know, all those years of hard work ended up being that day where it's just a a day you can't forget and this happened about i'd say 15 years ago and i remember it was a sunday and um, our last fishing competition in Zuland for the year is called the turkey trot and we always fish it on the sunday around about uh, 15 december um that's the last round of the year and it's very important to us because there's a lot of prizes and it's 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 this bragging rights for the club which is a top club in in zulan etc etc so during that time um um, myself and my friend John Crabb, we were doing very well in Zuland and we were sort of in the top five in, in Zuland when it came to competitive angling. And we had this turkey trot in Mtenzini area and it was a proper hot summer's day, one of those 40 degrees days where there's no wind. When you walk onto that sand, you have to wear slops because your feet burn and we knew this is going to be the day where the fish are going to feed. And we went to target diamond rays or butterfly rays. And they only come, they, they, there's a lot of them in that Tanzania area. But what we've also learned is that if they're not there the day, they're not going to bite. It's not the type of species that when you start fishing, they might come on the bite an hour or two later. So we fished this competition for about three hours. It was about 11 o'clock in the morning. And John came to me and he said to me, Rudolph, you know um, these things aren't going to bite here today, but you are aware that 50 k's up north towards Shlaban, the giant guitar fish or the sand sharks are going to be feeding in this weather so Rob Carl, a good friend of ours um, also a well-known fisherman was standing next to us and his friend was there absent. and we said to Rob Rob we're going to run away from this competition we're going to sneak out of here because this um, this is out of our area but we're going to go target sand sharks because we love these things so we jump in the car and Rob's in the car with us and we head up to Shlaban And Wesley said, guys, I can't. My captain will kill me. I'm going to fish the competition, but I promise you after this competition at four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm there on the beach with you guys. So we sneaked out. Um, I told my captain I'm moving to another spot. but He didn't realize I'm actually moving away from the competition completely. Got to Shlaban and John's first cast, I didn't even cast yet. He landed and he was on immediately. This is about half past 11 in the morning. Um, I went, I casted seconds and I was on with the fish. And we started fighting this fish. And they're huge fish. And uh, Rob Carl, being the gentleman he was, didn't make a cast. He helped John land his his fish. And it was a giant guitar fish of 101.1 kilos. A giant, absolute giant. John fought his fish for about three hours. Um, After John landed his fish, Rob went to go cast. Rob uh, threw a bait in the water. And within seconds, he was on with a huge fish. John helped me land my fish. I fought mine for... Three hours, forty-five minutes, and we were dehydrated. We didn't have enough water to drink. One of those typical unplanned days, and you won't believe it. I landed my fish. We measured it, and it was one hundred and one point one kilos as well. Oh, no. So this is unheard of. It's very firstly you don't often catch those giant guitar fish over hundred kilos, and here we go. We catch one each of one hundred and one point one kilos, one after the other. So it was obviously a, a couple that we landed. Took wow. some photos put it back and we said, we're not even in the cast anymore. We, we, I was on for so long, my feet were burned from the hot sand, dehydrated, there's nowhere we can get something to drink. So we relaxed and said, we're going to help Rob land his fish. So while Rob's fighting his fish, or should I say four hours later, while Rob's on with his fish, which he can't do anything with, where's the Rapson arrives? This was at four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon. And he says, guys, what bait are you using? He says, no, we we found some shad, and the shad is what works. He says, I'm quickly going to put a small little bait on with a small hook on my light tackle and catch a shad, and then I'll I'll use a shad as a bait to hook one of these big monsters. So Wazzy casts this little bait in, and he hooks this giant fish. So there goes Wazzy down the beach with his little rod and his little hook, and he says, I'm not going to lose this fish. I'm going to land it. To make a long story short, 8 o'clock that night, Wesley comes running back from about four k's up the beach because we're trying to help Rob, who's been on for hours, land his big fish. It's in the shore dump, but we just can't get it over. It was a giant honeycomb, a huge fish. Wesley comes back with his little rod and his little two hook half pint I said, guys, I just landed a sand shark of about 65 kilos on oh, it, weird. all by himself. Well done to Wesley. And I think it was about 10 o'clock at night after Rob's been on for a good eight hours. The poor man's exhausted. His arms are tired. Um... We said, Rob, we've got to go. It's Sunday evening. You know, we've got to get back home. And he started forcing the fish, and unfortunately, he lost that fish. Oh, so gee, that was one of those days I'll never ever forget in my life, where it was just huge fish, and within seconds when you cast it a bait, they were there. So, yeah, that's, and maybe that's also one of the reasons why that sand shark is one of my favorite species, because I think back to that specific day and many other days like it where those giant fish were feeding. Can you believe it? And you just brought something back to me. I was thinking about there,
1: Rudolph. You asked about a wow, and you can't describe how fast them things go. Um, I get people ask me all the time, what's it like catching game fish? You know, how can you describe it? And I said, I can actually describe it. And what you do is you go to the freeway, and as the cars are going past about 120 Ks, don't do this, but imagine if you've done this, <laughs> <laughs> and you drop a line over the side, and you hook one of those cars, that's what a wow
0: does. That's the best description. You're 100% uh, correct. It, it's it's an unbelievable feeling. Yeah. You almost feel like you lose control over your reel. Because it's, it's spinning well, so... F- <laughs> yeah, you do. you do. And you need to do something to stop this, this fish from taking all your line. Unbelievable.
1: But, Rudolf, you mentioned there that when you went for those sand sharks, Wesley came along and he caught some shad. He was going to target shad. Which brings me a question. How many times do you prepare bait to take it with you? Do you prefer to take bait with you? Or do you prefer to catch
0: bait, or do you do a combination of both? Um, To answer that one, Mick, I would say on the, in our coastline here, I'm talking KZ in Zuland, we prefer to prepare our bait before the trip because there's not always, for instance, a share to catch as bait. Um, So our coast is not that, uh, I can say, you can't call it. So I would say generally we prepare our bait beforehand. So now you're heading into a very very long conversation because it's not just a question of us just driving to the shop and quickly buying a sardine we put a lot of effort and hard work into getting the correct bait for the correct species at the correct time of the year
1: 100 that's that's why i was uh thinking about rudolph because guys come down for a holiday down to the coast and they they head off to the petrol station and buy a packet of sardines I think the more you understand angling and the more effort you put in and understand the cycles of, you know, when the, when the bonnies come, you want to catch those little bonnies, put them in the freezer, keep them for a, a, another month. But I think we could do a whole episode on that, couldn't we, about harvesting
0: bait and how important it actually is. Yes, Mick, it's a very, very important question. I think the most important thing is for you not to put your bonnies back when you paddle back from... from out there with we'll because i get so angry with you when i meet you on the beach and I ask you mick where's those bonnies you caught you tell me now i use them up for bait now through the rest away so <laughs> but anyway to be serious now yes um bait preparation and bait collection is a huge thing for us and that's maybe a subject for another uh show where we can go into that and explain to you guys how much effort we go into actually getting the right bait for the right species yeah 100 percent rudolph
1: so well, we've had a great show there, Rudolph, and uh, some good questions uh, from there. Some good answers, you know. Shows how passionate we both are about angling, as the listeners are. You know, we absolutely love fishing, um, and we love sharing information about fishing. Uh, which brings me on to something else, Rudolph. We are sharing information, and we are giving guys um, let's say we're giving it for free. But at the end of the day, um, we we partnered with the radio station Chat Sapphire. And as we know, we get nothing for free. These guys have got to fund this uh, radio station. So if I can just read this to you, Rudolph, uh, from the powers that be, uh, Chat Sapphire Radio is now on Patreon, a crowdfunding platform for creators. Mick, what on earth are you trying to tell
0: me? <laughs> <laughs> can you explain this to me, please? I thought the same thing when I read it.
1: Okay, so, so what Patreon is, Rudolph? it's something what a creator is somebody like YouTube or some type of artist... Who, who does um, either gives a product free or gives information free. But at the end of the day, nobody works for free. You've got, it's got to be funded. So Patreon is a way to fund that. So for a, um, a small amount every month, you, you can actually fund uh, some of your favourite artists or some people who are giving you value for money. Let's say that. If you enjoy our content and believe in our work to promote the Sapphire Coast as a tourism destination and to promote our sport and leisure activities and community initiatives, consider subscribing and helping Chat Sapphire Studio online. Do you understand that bit, Rudolf? Yes, I,
0: I think I do, uh, Mick. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> no, I, I do. Thank you. Okay, yeah. So, so basically, for as little as five US dollars in our chatter box, it allows us to get, keep the lights on and keep the show going. So basically what that means, Rudolf, is if any of the listeners want to subscribe and help the channel, um, just contribute that small amount of a minimum of five dollars. Um, and you can find the Patreon link in the link tree on Chat Sapphire Instagram page and of course on the website homepage. So bottom line is, if anybody's interested in supporting the channel, uh, go to the social media. Everything will be explained on there,
0: either Facebook or the website or Instagram. Great. No, thank you so much. Uh, for me, yeah, it, it is Yeah, We do it out of the love and the passion for our sport, but we do realize it costs a lot of money to get the show on air and keep it running. So... I'll definitely be there and um, give my donation. Yeah, 100% Rudolph. So let's wrap the show up that. It was a great episode. Thanks very much, Rudolph. And thanks for listening, listeners. Yes, thank you so much, Mick. It was lovely having you again. And uh, can't wait till next week when we talk fishing again.